It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy and I'm your host this week. So, uh, yeah, we're now into February. And uh, last week, if you were watching or listening to the show, I said that I'm going to start looking a little bit more at gaming. So doing a little bit of research into the into the space, um, I came across a, a, an, an old love, uh, something I haven't spoken about for a long time, which is virtual reality. And it definitely has a, a great place inside our gaming world as well as our work from home world. So going to do a little bit of segment about that. In fact, I think I've called the show, uh, what did I call the show? Something like, does VR give you motion sickness? Because that was one of the components that I actually came across um, when looking at the show. So uh, without further ado, let's keep things as we always do and go into things with a Z. So this week's things with a Z, I've gone back to one of my favorites. And again, trying to keep inside the gaming uh, gaming genre and a little bit more of a gaming theme or esports theme. And for those of you that listen and watch the show regularly, this is not going to become the next GameSpot or Twitch account or anything like that. It's just... It's something that's become very important to a lot of people. Um, I had a couple of questions like, you know, are we are we shifting the show away from explaining technology? Definitely not. Hence, things with a Z, uh, business news, and so on and so on. I've just decided to include gaming because there's a lot of business components that go with it. And in fact, last week I mentioned as well that I'll be speaking at uh, the SMB Digital Symposium in March in Sydney about gaming and gamification in business. And I'll get to that a little bit later in a couple of, well, not now, but in a couple of weeks' time, I'll, I'll do a little bit of a precursor on that. So if you want to attend the show, you've got a little bit more of an idea about it. So for, for today's show, I've gone back to JLab, and I've played with the JLab JBuds AirPlay Gaming True Wireless. It's quite a mouthful, but that's what it is. In fact, let's find some banners and brands, and we can get those flying along the screen if you're watching. Uh, where have I got it? Do I have it anywhere here? I think it is there. There we go. This week's thing with a Z is the J Labs JBuds AirPlay Gaming True Wireless. I have to say it again. So here they are over here if you're watching. If you're not watching, they look like you would expect with in-ear earbuds, um, a little bit of a stalk. So, you know, if you picture the, the uh, AirPods with their little extended stalks, so not like the Jabbers that fit right inside the ear. So why did I do another set of JLabs? Well, these are a different set. And I'm actually going to hold up. This here is the Epic Air um, Active Noise Cancelling headset, which I reviewed many shows ago. And this is the one that I'm reviewing today. Now, they look pretty similar. If I bring them right in, you can see the gaming ones, these ones. They've got a pretty cool, funky design on them as well. Should be up on the screen. They both have what I really, one of the features I love with JLab is the built-in... Uh, um, USB charger, so that wherever you go, you can plug it in, including your machine. Yes, I'm on a Mac with micro USB-C, but I have an adapter, because as a Mac user, we're used to having adapters. So what makes these different from these? Well, let's start with the differences. These are active noise cancelling, and these have a wireless charger. Other than that, they're pretty much the same. The main difference, though, these were designed for gaming. Now, if you play games, and hence the whole little stumble on at the beginning of the show talking about gaming, you need a precursor into it. If you've never played a first-person shooter game, I'm sorry for you, but there's one of the important things about a first-person shooter is being able to hear footsteps or hear sounds that are around you so that you know if someone's coming to get you. 
Now, gaming headsets amplify that, and that's why a lot of the big brands out there have got such loyal followers and users from you know because of this fact. There's just one problem with uh, the over-the-ear um, headset. Uh, in fact, I'm actually going to go before I go into the problem. So, gaming modes and when you game online, latency is a big problem. There's nothing worse than playing on a slow internet speed, and when you're going like this with your gun and you're trying to get a headshot, you find you're already dead because your internet speed was a lot slower than the people you're playing against. This is one of the reasons why Australians can't play against Europeans and Americans on their servers, because our internet speeds are just too bad, and they're too slow, and the latency is ridiculous, and so is the ping, and the jits, and everything else. So we're not going into that now. So the low latency between your machine and the headset is what I'm talking about. A lot of people that play games will use a wired headset because then there's no latency. So those little microseconds can make a huge difference. The boys and girls over at JLab have got that right. With gaming mode, there is low latency. So you can hear and they've enhanced all those little sneaky sounds. There's also a really long battery life of six and a half hours. Now, um, the pack itself does charge up the headset, as do most of the packs nowadays. So combined, you've got about 30 hours out of this little package, which is quite impressive. And as you know, the USB cable, which I've already showed you, is there. So if you, if you want to keep your battery pack charged the whole time, plug it in. Now, I wear glasses. If you're watching the show, you can see that. If you're not, um, well, you can't, but by now you probably know who I am, and I'm, I wear glasses when I'm looking at a machine. Now, for anyone that wears glasses, if you have a big pair of over-the-head headsets and it sits on and it pushes on the arms, I have to just put a shout-out to JLab as well. They have a product for that as well, which I have uh, I have featured before. Um, but if you if you wear glasses, and my son, who is a massive gamer, he wears glasses as well when he games, and he says that he feels the pressure on his temples because the headset compresses against them. So if you feel that it's uncomfortable wearing an overhead, there's not many choices for in-ear headsets. Now there are. So I thought it would be a great way of just you know keeping introducing some some gaming um, some gaming tech into or gaming chat rather into. Uh, um, the technology show and uh, yeah basically sound really good comfortable it does come with um oh there was the other difference i forgot to mention between these and the epics they have these things called cush fins so like short for cushion i suppose and fins like because they go around but if i hold up to the camera it's like a rubberized piece that goes around not the little not the little um a tip that you change that goes in your ear, right? Those changes, well, they come with a choice of three different sizes, and one of them is actually cushions. It's like this memory gel stuff, like memory foam, so it's really, really soft and really goes in. Now, the reason I'm pointing that out is that these aren't rated as ANC or active noise cancelling, but if you put the right um, tips on and you've got the cush fins on, which actually creates a seal on your on your ear, it pretty much does block out everything. So, you know, you where I think it has to go through a rating to get an ANC um, or to be officially allowed to be called an ANC. I must say that it, I pretty much locked out most of the sounds. Um, so, yeah, and of course, the one big thing which I've really come to love with JLab and the JLab range is affordability. You know, this is a company that's set out to offer a great product at a really good price. Where can you get it from, Brett? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you just head on over to the SME Mall, which I will feature up a bit later on as well, uh, you will be able to get it and just search the word JLab. In fact, I think I had that up. I'll put that banner back up for those watching. 
So smemall.org, search the word JLab and you'll find them. In fact, there's an, one of JLab's other products uh, in the banners that I, I looked up in the mall this morning. So as I said, we do feature the product a lot. I really am a fan. I find their products incredible. I find them innovative, comfortable, and as I said, most important of all, affordable. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that when you lose it or it breaks, whatever, you've and you've had a year or two years out of it, you don't feel so bad. Not like some of the other brands out there where you cop a huge price tag and, uh, you know, when it breaks, it's, you feel it. So that's things with a Z. Um, oh, I have to mention, if it's important for some listeners, it has a vegan leather case. So the leatherette feel of the case is actually vegan leather. For me, not so important. For some people, very important. I think that what it does do is it goes towards the brand and their sustainability goals as well as their green goals. Their packaging is recyclable, et cetera, et cetera. So another great product from JLab. I know this won't be the last. Uh, I'm very fortunate that they send me lots of cool toys. I think it was only two or three weeks ago that I featured their over-the-ear headsets. Um, just by the way, the way the cups on those over the ears were with regards to my glasses frames, it didn't really push too much against my ear because it was like right over and the frame was really in. But if you have a thicker pair of frames, you probably would still feel it and maybe want to consider uh, an in-ear option. Right, what else do we have? Well, the Australian federal government. So this is an interesting one. So they are now proposing a quota um, on on. Um, streaming services like your Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, and Prime, for example. And they're saying that at least 5% of their revenue um, should be put back into Aussie productions. Now, where this is a great initiative for the industry, right? And as you know, we fly the flag for small business and, and we're always trying to help the little guys succeed. So if there's more production being done in Australia, the caterers, the people that come on set, the security, there's so many different industries that would really benefit from this. So I understand where they're doing it and why they're doing it. The only thing that I think maybe is a little bit too strong-armed, and you know, we are the nanny state, the world knows us as the nanny state just with how we've handled things like COVID. Um, should you be telling multinational New York Stock Exchange listed companies what they should be doing with their profits. And let's just stop there for a second. Netflix is a behemoth in its own, but when you start taking on Amazon and Disney and start giving them ultimatums, kind of don't think we're going to win that one. More importantly, a lot of production is shot in Australia already, Australia and New Zealand. You know, we, The Hobbit it was done down in New Zealand. Um, a lot of the Marvel productions are done here in Australia, all over, bar in Sydney, I think down in Melbourne and, and, and surrounds, or even Adelaide. So do we really want to start putting up the middle finger to production companies and telling them what they need to do with their profits? Isn't it good enough that we're making money from them just by the fact that they come here and shoot in the country? Just a thought. So, yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, the bull hasn't been passed. It's obviously been tabled or be put forward. I really don't think, though, that uh, the streaming services are going to sit back and take it. And, you know, Paramount has just come in. Binge has just got going. I think we've got the British box or something like that as well. I'm dying for Hulu to come here. Um, there are ways of getting Hulu to come here. Reach out to me. I can let you know. But, you know, to make it easy to get Hulu to come here and so on, you know, let's not, let's not make it a barrier for entry for additional streaming services to come here because we want to start charging them money. So, yeah, anyway, oh, going to stay with uh, the government. This one is just a kick in the nuts and a kick in the teeth. So the COVID Safe app was designed at a whopping 8 
million with a m eight million dollars it cost to build. Now it cost a further seventy-five thousand dollars a month to maintain this app. Okay, so we got eight million sunk. We got seventy-five thousand dollars a month um, to maintain. It. And the whole idea of the contact tracing app was that it would help the contact tracers trace COVID. Well, here's the interesting thing. It's apparently even made, this is according to a study at the University of New South Wales. They did it over six months, um, and it's actually made their lives more difficult. They detected 17 close contacts. Let's just stop there for a second. 17, one, seven, not 17,000, not 17 million, 17. So in six months, 17 close contacts were, were detected. So roughly... If I take the sunken cost of the app, because you have to, because it's there, even though they potentially used it for two years, and the six months of $75,000 a month, that is roughly $500,000, $450,000, I think, to be more specific, um, per contact. Just think of what we could have done with that money. Is this not a message to the government saying, stop wasting money with these big consultancy groups? spend the money with small consultancy companies who will probably get the job done and probably show you or tell you what you need to hear, not what they want you to hear, which is going to open up more money for them. But that was an epic fail as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, like some people use it and some people don't. Some people have the app on, some blame Bluetooth. And it doesn't matter what you blame. The bottom line is we coughed 8 million plus 75 grand a month. It's been two years of COVID now, so 75 grand a month over two years. It's not that they only spent the money for the six-month period. So, um, yeah, well done, Australia. That was a great show of money. Um, anyway, what else we got? Oh, let's talk about failures. So Peloton, if you don't know what Peloton is, so Peloton is actually the pack that's riding together in a bicycle race. Very cool name for a static bike that is uber expensive. Um, Peloton is the Rolls-Royce of home training bicycles and they put screens on them they also released a treadmill and some gyms and then some software so that you could get a personalized trainer so during covid their business just absolutely flew okay however um we're kind of coming out of covid people are running around again your pricing on your products is absolutely ridiculous um so much so that they announced their performance on you know their their, their performance of the stock exchange or stockholders rather um and on the same note their ceo stood, stood down and he's taken 2800 jobs with them so this is a classic example of building a great product and then pricing yourself out the market two things happen one people can't buy it two the comp competition looks at what you've done and makes it and makes it better and or cheaper or both so there's a message there you know don't it's good to be the first it's good to be the market leader but the most important thing is, you know, don't price gouge and don't try and, and don't come off with airs and graces that, well, we're a peloton. We can charge what we want. Um, yeah, 2,800 jobs. They reckon they're going to cut these 20% across the board. So from the people that are setting up the, the bikes all the way through to the distribution side of things. So sad, wasn't necessary. They could have actually capitalized on COVID and then done a, a pricing structure change to preempt coming out of it. Well, it is what it is. Um, Meta, for Meta or Facebook or whatever they do. So I do love to dump on Meta or Facebook. Um, basically, they just lost $10 billion, with a bit, dollars in 2021. 
um, on this stupid metaverse that they're building. So they're building this massive metaverse concept. And that's where everyone's going to go inside and play. And I remember that Meta, Facebook Holdings, um, owns Oculus Rift and they own WhatsApp and they own Instagram and they own a couple of other things. So the thinking behind building the metaverse for them and the Oculus Rift makes sense. However, and this is, a, you know, I'm going to be talking about VR today. VR didn't take off the way everyone was expecting it to, even in lockdown. And I think even more so in lockdown, people didn't want to isolate themselves into a, an immersed world. And I'm not knocking VR, and I love VR. I'm going to be talking about VR just now. But the point is they've built and spent $10 billion on a metaverse that people may not be ready for at this moment in time. Now, people are going to come at me and go, oh, Brett, you know, it's... Uh, the future and blah 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 yes it is the future but google glass failed as well and so did so many other things um what else have i got coming over here anyway so unfortunately um you know 10 billion dollars a lot of money shareholders get upset maybe it's time that zuckerberg actually disappears you know he's clearly not the right guy for this company a founder of a company is not necessarily the right person to be the ceo Steve Jobs, case in point, you know, he, he, he went, things went wrong, he came back. Um, but, you know, Apple has gone on to become an incredibly successful company. Have they changed things? Would Steve have done it the same way? No. Um, WeWork, their CEO, their founder was their CEO, he just hemorrhaged cash. You know, is it being saved? I don't know. So, I don't know, maybe given how, you know, Facebook is what it is, maybe this guy, Mr. Hankey, he could be the right guy for the job. Probably got the same level of intelligence as Zuckerberg, and you know, at least you know what you're dealing with when you get it. The only bad news about this and the loss of money and loss of revenues, and unfortunately, their shit performance just pulled all social media companies down Snap, Twitter, LinkedIn. Oh, now I've left one out, uh, whoever, whatever. The point is, they pulled them all down. So, you know, this is just an example of how these big monster companies, you know, when they have a little wobble it just sends its army through the industry uh, enough dumping on facebook meta okay google so yeah a positive story i love google i've always <laughs> my phone has just gone <laughs> um okay so google oh i've got a thing talking somewhere in the distance as well so um i'm just going to go the g word um they're actually surging towards becoming a two trillion dollar company. So they all join the Microsofts and the Apple of the world. I think their current market valuation now is at $1.97 trillion. Uh, I mean, that that's insane. That is, that, it's just, it's mind-blowing number of money, uh, amount of money. I think a billion is what, nine zeros? So a trillion is 12 zeros? Don't even know. I know I'd have to turn my phone's calculator on the side to see that many zeros. So, you know, well done to Google. It, it's been an incredibly trying time for all companies but obviously with shopping online and that you know they've capitalized on it they've launched some amazing products over the last few years um which we've reviewed on the shows go back and have a look at some of the others in fact let me put that uh, let me put that um ticker back up on the on the show for people that are watching some more episodes you can go off to our youtube channel have a look see there um right so i mentioned at the beginning gaming i've talked about vr for a little bit so i wanted to spend a little bit of time on vr one of the biggest things on VR is motion sickness. People, uh, I mean, they get nauseous, they get headaches, they get all kinds of things from VR, which is obviously a bad experience. So, you know, we've spoken about the metaverse. In order to, to go into a virtual world or a metaverse, you will need 
a VR headset. Um, and whichever one it might be, it could be Oculus, could be HoloLens, could be uh, HTC. It's not about which brand it is, and I don't think the brands ultimately make a difference to this, this experience of motion sickness. But we need to understand. So let's first understand why this happens. Why do we get sick inside a virtual world? So basically, your eyes and your brain's brain think that they're actually moving inside this, this VR world, but your body actually isn't doing anything. Your body's sitting dead still. So this disconnect between your brain and body and your balance system while you're inside the virtual world actually leads to dizzier, uh, dizzier, <laughs> dizziness or nausea or headaches or even sweating. Um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to mention who, but I've watched a couple of people inside VR come out like they need a shower, or had a shower. I mean, you actually wonder if they were playing in a in a in a, a liquid world as such. So basically, when you experience these symptoms, there are things that you can do um, that that can help you manage them or mitigate them. And you know, the, the one thing is, I don't want you to be put off by a VR experience. There are so many really good VR experiences out there. It's just understanding how to manage your body and what to do better. So here's a few tips. This should be called the tech, the tech tip VR show today. Anyway, it is it is what it is. Right. Here's one that might seem obvious, but it's probably the biggest culture. And this is make sure that your headset is set up correctly. Now, headsets like glasses. If I put my glasses over here, I can't see anything above the brim. They're not set properly. So obviously, they're not going to do anything they're supposed to do. So your headset needs to be correctly set up. Now, for those that are listening to the show, never put never put on a VR headset. There's two independent lenses um, that are inside a, a VR headset. Now, when you take a binoculars and you you know you move them until you get to that point where you're seeing clearly, the VR headset's the same thing. So you need to make sure that they're correctly spaced and correctly set, as in apart and you know away from your eyes. Having the correct distance will also reduce the eye strain because you're not going to have this light coming straight back of you, which takes the pressure off your brain and therefore cuts down the risk of motion sickness. So if you can make sure that your eyes don't have to also move around a lot. So I'm sitting and I'm like moving my eyes around like left and right. But you know, if you think about it, inside a headset, rather move your head to try and look at things but keep your eyes still. Um, when you move your eyes around, you're telling your brain that there's move, movement and again there isn't. So the less your eyes move, the better it will be for you from a, a dizziness or headache point of view. It's not so quite motion sickness, but headaches are not fun either. Second one, now this one is not an obvious one, and this is one that people get wrong so many times, okay? Choose the right game. Now, that it, when I say it, it sounds obvious, but when I sit down and I thought about it when I was preparing for the show, people get into VR because they've seen or heard about these cool VR games, you know, going into the deep and swimming down and um, playing escape rooms and all kinds of things. And I hope my wallpapers are making people... Um, giddy up with that up as a theme it's that one with the never ending stairs um, but basically choose the right game it's a baby step world okay don't go and get the number one rated vr first person shooter game it's not going to work well for you if you don't actually know how to immerse properly and how to play properly choosing the right game is going to have a lot of help choose a game that has little motion maybe it's a game where you're just consuming content Yes, even that kind of content. Um, although some of the scenes in that kind of content uh, could require you to look around quite a lot. But maybe just start off with VR content. Watch a beautiful documentary on nature or immerse yourself down into a, you know, a world and, and, and just 
you know, slowly looking around like as, and seeing what's there and the scenes that are changing. Next tip that I want to give you is to reduce your time being immersed. You will not believe how quickly you get lost in the VR world. I'm trying to think of the name of the app, but Aria used to spend a lot of time. It's it's a painting app. It's a paintbrush. I think it's called Lightbrush or something like that. He would go into this world and he would, so for those that don't know who Aria is, sorry, Aria is my ex-co-host and my ex-business partner and, and, and just a mate. But he would go into this light world of this paintbrush and spend hours inside there. Not not an hour, hours. And he would come out and it would just be like, I cannot believe I've been in there for all that time. What do you think is five minutes is probably 35 minutes inside VR because you get so involved and so immersed. So think of it like any other sport or any, any, or any exercise regime. You actually have to train your tolerance of the VR, the VR or immersed world. So, you know, go in there, set a timer, set an alarm, and if you're wearing a headset and getting a full experience, make sure your headset is paired to the device that's going to ring or something like that. Or have someone come and tap you, not punch you in the stomach because you can't see them coming. That's really not fair. But just train yourself inside. So reduce the time that you're immersed and build up tolerance towards it. Now, this one I've never tried myself. Um, love someone to confirm or, or tell me if they've done it. But apparently eating ginger before you play will help you. Now, ginger I know is being suggested as a remedy for motion sickness in the normal world. In other words, in, in our normal world, when you're getting on a train or a plane or a boat, I should probably try that. Maybe I should eat sushi before I go and sail next time because I do I get motion sickness on a boat. Um, I normally just take care of it with a with a chemical and, and you know take one of the pills and uh, unfortunately, that does knock you out. So ginger is actually something I will try. But if anyone has actually ever used ginger before as a motion sickness um, solution, let me know. Oh, there, someone's actually come from the chat. Yes, I take it before I go out on a boat. Well, there we go. Um, thank you. I'm definitely going to try that the next time I go out on a boat as well. Another one which people would normally not associate with VR and VR use is to move around. Now, I need to put a public service announcement here. You have a headset on and you cannot see anything. So please don't just move around, like go walking around and, and you know, um, wait to bump into something or fall off something. What I mean by move around is, first of all, you should always play in a free and uncluttered environment. So if you've got the, if you've got the luxury of a big area, play in the area, make it a three by three, make sure that you've got all this extra space around you to protect you. Uh, if you don't and it's a tight area that you're working in, fine. Um, there's two ways you can do it. In the bigger area, take a couple of steps. Just move around, shake your arms around freely, take a step to the left, step to the right. Uh, you know, just squat, but just keep a little bit of motion going because what you're doing is you're triggering your body to actually move while your brain and your eyes are moving. If you're in a tight area, just walk on the spot. Jog on the spot, you know, maybe do a couple of jumping jacks. Again, make sure your arms are clear. Um, but that mo that motion is going to actually help you reduce the motion sickness, and that one does work. Last but last, last last but not least, last but not least, probably the most important: don't ignore real and physical inputs. Now I said to you, like, set a timer to manage your time, but you might not be able to hear the timer if you've got a noise cancelling headset on and you're fully immersed. What I mean by physical input: if you're feeling hot, if you're feeling that you're out of breath. If you're feeling that your heart rate is elevating, stop. Take off uh, clothes. You might be playing naked already. It depends which content you're consuming. 
what I'm saying is lay it up. If you if it's cold and you're wearing a jersey, take the jersey off. Um, open a window, put in a fan, turn on the aircon, so on and so on. Your body needs your, your your body will heat, your breathing will go irregular. These are all things that are warning you about physical changes in your body and things like your heart rate. Um, dehydration is another huge problem when it comes to emotion. So stop for a water break, push pause, take a bottle of water. If you really think you're good and you know your your area that's around you, and your water bottles in a place that you can feel, and you really don't want to take off the mask, so be it. My advice though is push pause and take off the mask. It's just a good break to to, you know, to wind down a bit. Um, the warning signs that I've mentioned, the, the heart rate increase, the, the sweating, the heat, these are things that are going to cause anxiety and they're going to cause and make you feel nauseous. I promise you. So please bear in mind that any physical, and this applies to anything in life, right? When you're running and you feel like a, your, your chest is getting tight, you don't run harder, you slow down and you stop or you stop. So yeah, pause, take off um, the excess clothing, make sure that there's good ventilation in the room. Most of all, have fun. This is great technology. Uh, it is super fun to be immersed. If you haven't got it and you don't want to spend the money on buying a, you know, buying a headset, um, go to one of the VR rooms. Find a mate that's got a VR headset. Go and, you know, but, but try it. Don't be, don't be scared of it. So uh, yeah, that was my whole um, public service announcement, I, I would say, maybe. Um, what have we got here? Oh, gaming. All right. So I didn't actually get to spend much time playing this last week. So disclosure or public service announcement. I moved homes. Um, it's, it was not fun. Um, I don't want to move again anytime soon. But because of that, obviously, tech got packed away. Internet got disconnected. Uh, fighting levels went up between family members and general stress through the roof. So that being said, I didn't get to play much. Um, I can announce, though, that uh, MSI have signed with the Die Wolves. This is massive. Um, you know, we've now got some of the world's best um, technology powering the team that's, that, that I work with and that I, I follow. Um, David, Jason, if you'd like to reach out to the boys and girls at MSI and tell them that there's, well, I'll send you the specs of the uh, motherboard and the graphics cards that, uh, and the RAM, and, well, just I think everything, and definitely the chair um, that I'd like to be reviewing on the technology show. And I know that my son would like to be putting into his rig. We can get hooked up. So MSR, love to, so good to have you on board with uh, arguably one of the best teams in the Oceania region. Um, and definitely think it's time that we review some of your cool tech on the, on the technology show. So hopefully next week I'll get some more on gaming and, and maybe talk about VR on the headset. Uh, kind of just made up for it. Um, so this week's featured merchant on the SME Mall, no-brainer. Obviously, I reviewed them. Go into the smemall.org and search for um, JLab. Right, I think that brings us to the end of the show. I've lost my mouse. My mouse is gone. I've got three screens down on it. Oh, there it is. Check my glasses. Um, so, yeah. Where are we now? Do are there any questions? Because that's normally what comes up after the mall. And if I can get my mouse to work, I will find it. There is a question. Uh, no. Yes. Yes. Well, here's a good one. I've actually just mentioned with MSI. So the question is, 
you mentioned you would start looking at gaming more. So what is the difference between a GPU and a graphics card, or are they the same? P.S. I have a bet on this. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, so I'm not sure I'm going to solve your bet, and I don't know which way you did bet, but maybe, I, maybe I'm going to call it a draw. So is, the question is, is there a difference between a GPU and a graphics card? The answer is yes and no. Um, as I said, I hope this doesn't affect the outcome of, of the bet. So the terminology is actually interlinked. So let's start with the terminology. GPU is a graphics processing unit. So if you think about it, it's actually a little block. Now, in original machines and older machines, or more so work machines, machines that aren't used for gaming or heavy graphics, the GPU is actually part of the machine. It's integrated into the machine, sits on the motherboard, um, and, and does what it needs to do, which is render graphics on your machine. A graphics card, and that's why I'm saying yes and no, so I'm happy for someone else to jump in here and answer this question. But a graphics card is a card, and you generally see them in pictures with fans on them, but that has the GPU on it. So it's a separate piece of hardware that connects into the motherboard that would then generally negate the need to use the, the on-board GPU, um, and you would run the graphics card. And what it does is it basically... I suppose I could use a Fiat and Ferrari analogy, right? The graphics card with its integrated GPU and depending on the spec, it's like having a Ferrari, whereas the GPU is more like driving a Fiat. Both Italian, both cars, but one goes a lot faster and a lot more powerful than the other. Um, so I'm not sure if I've answered that question. It's not really young, wrong to talk about GPUs or graphics cards as an interlink. So again, I would maybe call off the bet with your mate and um, just call it a draw. Um, if it was something that, if, if it was a monetary one, cool, you save the cash. If it was a performance one, well, then share the task. We'll both take it. We'll find something else. But basically, yeah, that hopefully that does answer that question. Um, it, it is the one and the same, in my opinion, anyway. So I think uh, if that's, I don't see any other questions here. Um, no. So yeah, I think that would then probably bring us to the end of the show. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny.